Nothing But Netflix is back to talk a, about a new star-studded film that just dropped on Netflix. Uh, the Bubble Boys are here. We're talking about The Bubble. And now here is a man who I'm very happy to have here in this bubble. It is Chappelle. Chappelle, how are you? Rob, I'm good. But I feel like we're missing a Bubble Boy. Where is Akiva? We can let him in the bubble for this one. Um, I, I guess uh, we could. Uh, we're gonna have to go without him here to talk about the the bubble. Uh, ne- Akiva famously said that all Netflix original movies are mid. All of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, how did you feel about this one? How was dare it mid he? for you, Rob? How dare he? This movie was anything but mid. This movie, <laughs> to me should aspire to be mid calling this movie <laughs> mid would be a great compliment to this movie. Wow. I, I didn't, I didn't think it was that Chappelle, bad. I, just yeah. off, the, off the top. I just want to say that I think this is the worst movie we've ever watched on nothing but Netflix. And you did watch the bubble and not don't look up again, right? Yes. Yes. I watched oh, okay. the, I watched the bubble. I think uh, we've watched probably what uh, seven or eight movies. Uh, and I think that this is the worst, um, by, by a lot. Uh, but I know you, you're higher on it. So I'm looking forward to talking it through with you. Yeah. I mean, relatively higher. Like, so this is no, you know, um, well, I was going to say it's not an Oscar nominated film, but you don't look up what, so well, who knows? Yeah. But, you know, yeah. But- I, I know Judd Apatow had a lot of thoughts about the Oscars. I don't think he's going to have to worry about what might happen to him at the Oscars if this is his only movie in 2022. Well, honestly, has he ever really had to worry about the Oscars or was he just speaking out of turn per usual? I don't know. Listen, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. yeah, I just really yeah. think that. This, this movie, movie was a slap in the face, Chappelle. <laughs> I think I think this movie had some redeeming qualities where I would say I was bored doing Don't Look Up and I was in and out of boredom in this one. So I think they're like, I'm higher on this one, but I could see why you didn't love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll talk all about The Bubble, a film about making a movie in quarantine, uh, which was made while these actors were in COVID protocol, quarantining to make this movie. Uh, apparently that this is a uh, like based on the events of the Jurassic Park movie, uh, which I think is coming out later this year. Oh, well, I mean, it is a dinosaur film that they are filming in this movie. So I assumed it had something to do with Jurassic Park. But for me, this could have been any uh, movie franchise that just goes a little too long. Right. So we're Mm -hmm. talking about the sixth iteration of like uh, this movie that is uh, based on a dinosaur film. Yeah. But this could have been 
the Fast and Furious is robbed for me. Like, I mean, sure, at some point, sure. I, I don't get, know if they you, filmed uh, so many. Uh, I guess they must have. Maybe they filmed parts of Fast Nine uh, during COVID. But like the, the the fact that this movie is like another sequel in the franchise, but also filmed like during lockdown uh, in in a COVID bubble is uh the you know main focus of the movie jurassic world dominion the not yet released uh jurassic world Mm. dominion uh this film is inspired by the events uh on the set of jurassic world dominion which i guess must have been a mess yeah if it was anything like this then those poor people those poor people someone lost a hand rob like a legit hand and had to get like a sex hand put on their real hand in this movie. So if that, if anything like that happened in Jurassic Park Dominion, mm-hmm. then I'm worried about those people who who's in that movie, by the way, like, oh. are we bringing back the OGs, right? Yeah, from Jurassic bring, Park? That's, it's like the Jurassic Jurassic Park multiverse in that movie, where it's like, you got like Jeff Goldblum, uh, and, uh, the whole, uh, Laura Dern and Sam Neill with Chris Pratt, everybody. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you brought back the OGs, but again, I just do you yeah, put just these- because you could doesn't mean that you should, right? And I don't, I don't like living in a world where you put these like uh, like big name actors through the events of this movie. Like, Je- does Jeff Goldblum really deserve this kind of turmoil? Because if this stuff happened in the bubble for that filming, then all those people are probably entitled to compensation of some type. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Chappelle- Last time out, we talked about Is It Cake? We had a great conversation with our friend Maggie Morgan. Definitely go back and check out Is It Cake on Nothing But Netflix. If you missed last week's episode, of course, you can subscribe at robinsonwebsite.com slash Netflix feed. And you don't need to be stingy with your star ratings and your reviews uh, on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, I mean, we're we're no Joe Millie gang, but we would like some five-star ratings and reviews. It would be nice, you know. So, yeah, tell us uh, what you like, what you want to hear, what you what you dislike or whatever. Mostly what you like. Matter of fact, just hold on to what you dislike. Talk to us about what you like, five-star reviews, and then, you know, tweet at us, hit us up in the Discord and tell us what you want to hear us talk about. Yes, okay? Um, let's see. Um, let's see. Have we got any recent ratings on nothing but Netflix? Let me take a look. Okay. And so, uh, cause we do like to check them. Okay. Uh, I do. Oh, here, March 29th. Chappelle is so funny. And Rob. Oh, thanks. Chappelle, Uh-oh. Chappelle yeah. is so funny, period. And Rob. We'll take yeah, it. Yeah. Five, five stars. Yeah, that, that, yeah. Five stars. Yeah. We'll take it. Another did you, review. Did you disagree, Rob? <laughs> Another review. <laughs> Big fan and Chappelle completist. Oh, That's see, from look, some people Fog. just yes, Wheezy Fog says love uh, yourself yeah. and listen. <laughs> look, I think that these are this is good advice, mm-hmm. yeah. I, and I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah, well, thank you so much. And by the way, perfect score, uh, ninety-one five-star ratings, one four-star rating, and zero mm. one-star ratings. See, that was a typo. Somebody accidentally hit four, but we know you meant five in your heart. Just go in and edit it. You can always change it. It's fine. Okay, go up. Remember, you can always go up stars. You cannot go down. We don't allow that here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Chappelle. Mm. The Bubble. Um, did you know anything about this film coming in? No, nothing at all. Uh, when we started to talk about it and I started to see, you know, some Twitter suggestions here and there, I saw that the cast was like big names. Loaded uh, cast. And loaded cast. But that's it. I had no clue what this was going into it. I don't think I paid attention to the trailer to know. Like I, I thought this was an actual movie 
about a movie. And this was a movie about a making of a movie, about the making of a documentary. And I was not prepared for that. So I was uh, shocked at every turn because I had no clue what to expect. Okay. Let me tell you, for people who didn't watch the bubble and just jumping in, listening to us break it down, okay? Tell you about this cast. Okay. We've got Karen Gillan. Kind of the lead, pseudo lead. Yeah. Karen Gillan is the lead, but or kind of the lead, but... It's weird because does this Karen Gidlin get top billing here? Yeah, I guess so, right? She does, yeah. Uh, she plays Carol Cobb. Uh, but when I see Karen Gillan, I see Amy Pond from Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. And so like, it took me a minute to get my head back in that space. Are you to be a big like, Doctor oh, Who guy? Uh, I, was a, I was a Whovian for a while. Wow. It was a dark time. We don't like to talk about it. Wow. We don't go back to those, those days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, big, yeah. Big Who energy back then, but I've grown, yeah. you know? Okay. Yeah. Uh, we have Mando. Pedro Pascal is here. Now, I know you don't know Star Wars. Uh, so yeah, I, I was guess about to say, I don't know what that means. <laughs> All right. Uh, how, what if I told you uh, the Red Viper? That's him? Yeah. Wow. Oh, my God. I, wow. No, that's incredible. I did not recognize him, but it makes so much sense now. I mean, yeah. Oh, je- the, what a fall from grace the Red Viper had. Not to say that like this movie is a fall from grace, mm-hmm. even though I think you might you might argue that it is. But man, I, I now I can't look at him without seeing his head get smashed. Prince by Oprin. the, uh, the mountain. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, of yeah. course that he has uh, really uh, taken a star turn as the star of uh, the Mandalorian, aka Mando. Mando. Yeah. So he is Mando. Mm-hmm. He is Mando. Yes. Uh, uh, he is Mando. He almost never has his helmet off on uh, Mando. And he's also in like a million things since uh, he's done The Mandalorian. Yeah, no, he's everywhere. He's everywhere. Uh, he's everywhere. Yeah, I liked him in this film, so I'll, mm-hmm. I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, can't have a Judd Apatow film without Leslie Mann. The man stands are here. Okay. I am mm-hmm. a, a big Leslie Mann fan. Uh, she's very funny. Uh, and I don't think, she, I don't think she misses. Like, even if she's in something stupid, like a, a like a dumbass movie, like this, she still finds a way to stand out as one of the funnier people. And I think she was funny here too. Mm-hmm. Um, David Duchovny is here. Did now, you say, has, did, has you, been, wait, did you say funny people? Cause she's in the movie. Funny people. Oh, no, directed I, by Judd Apatow. <laughs> I would never know what the context of that the contents in that movie are. Like I've never seen funny people. I think I tried to watch it and it wasn't that funny. Yeah. So I just kind of like mm-hmm. dipped out. But again, Leslie Mann is a star. So I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. David Duchovny is here. Yeah. Is David Duchovny making a comeback? Mm, a what comeback? else is he in? Has he been in anything else recently? So well, the, I, yeah. Yeah. What's up? What's going on with David Duchovny? Well, I thought that we should have like, I was like, oh, maybe we should have Mike Bloom here because Mike Bloom podcasts about uh, the X-Files and also the Mandalorian on post show recaps. Uh, two, two stars. Uh, I don't know. He was in, I guess, a couple of uh, different things, but um, he has not been in a lot lately. The, the X-Files came back like one for like a season or two. Yeah, I think that's really what it probably was. The X-Files coming back because since... Yeah, the X Files is probably what he'll always be known for. Sure. What, what was it, California Cation? He was in that California as well. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, I think this maybe maybe this is what David Duchovny needed to like, you know, reinvigorate his career. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had uh, Keegan Michael Key is here. Yeah. Um, it's good to see Keegan Michael Key. You know, we don't see him often anymore. For a mm-hmm. while, it was kind of like the Key, Key and Pill show was just like 
everywhere He's in and a all the clips. Things. Yeah. Yeah, but like this was good. I uh I remember I think the last real Keegan Michael Key like production or whatever I watched was Friends from College. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a Netflix show as well. Yeah. I watched both seasons and it was it was so cringy and not like in a bad way, but just kind of like you were waiting for like these people were horrible people. Like all of them were horrible and it was just you were waiting for the next horrible thing to happen to them and they deserved it. So yeah. I I'm I'm sad that it's gone. I I could do with a Friends from College season 3. Okay. Um, I would say the last thing that I watched him in was Game On. Remember that? No. What is that? With him and Gronk? Mm-mm. <laughs> it, like, it was like a variety show about sports that they tried to put on, on CBS. Was that before or after Toy Story 4? Um, it was, I think, before Toy Story 4. Okay, but you've seen Toy Story 4, right? You know Forky. Yeah, I I know Forky. He wasn't Forky in Toy Story 4, though. I I don't know what he was. He was like a... He was like some new character that was uh, like a a prize at the carnival. Yeah, I've never seen it, but I Mm. heard that it it was a film. Right, right. Uh, So (laughs) there you go. Uh, So Keegan-Michael Key is here. Uh, lots of other cameos also uh, here. In the, uh, Fred Armisen is here. He has a big part. He does. Mm-hmm. And then Gus Khan is in this as well, uh, mm-hmm. who people might know from another Netflix original, uh, Army of Thieves. Um, Our Flag Means Death as well, which is being covered on Post Show Recaps, if yes. I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, so, yeah, you know, a lot of big names here. Kate McKinnon pops in. She pops in. But I think we could have done. I could have. We could have done more. Kate McKinnon. She's very funny as well. Um, in this role, in this role, she was also funny, but she barely had any content. Yeah, she was literally on Zoom. So yeah, you know. um, <laughs> was uh, John Cena made an appearance on an iPad? We didn't need it. I don't know mm-hmm. how much they paid John Cena, but they they could have saved some money. It could have literally been anybody else. Mm-hmm. So. It seemed like to me that Judd Apatow got a group of people together and said, Hey, we're going to, we're going to make a movie. Give us some money, Netflix. Yeah. And he even called his daughter to spread the wealth. So yes. like his daughter, Iris Apatow is in this Iris film as Apatow. well. I do. Who, who knew? Uh, yeah. Iris who knew? Apatow. Uh, she's here. She plays like a young, uh, TikTok influencer. Mm-hmm. And she almost gets canceled, which brings us back to the content we had when we talked about the hype house on Netflix. So, you know, a lot of this is coming full circle mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, it was fitting that uh, we had an Apatow daughter here in this film, because I thought that this was uh, the worst Apatow production I've seen since Lexi's play. <laughs> you know Lexi is the only one that is innocent here because Leslie Mann is in this Judd mm-hmm. Apatow and Iris Apatow but uh, the daughter that plays Lexi was nowhere to be seen here yeah she's not in this she was working on yeah. her own <laughs> on her own production <laughs> yeah she dodged a bullet here okay first off Chappelle was this too soon for this movie too late for this movie or right on time for a movie spoofing the production logistics of making a film in COVID. I think the fourth option is that this should have never happened. Should have never happened. Like, yeah, like, cause it, it felt too soon in a way, but it also, cause it's like, 
Really, are we making fun of COVID protocols right now in a world where COVID is still a thing? Sure. You know, like a lot of the pro- protocols have been lifted, but make no mistake, it hasn't gone anywhere. It's just moving around and changing right. and evolving. But then also I was like, maybe it's too soon. But then I thought about it and was like, but I also don't care about how these uh, like films and stuff were being made during COVID. I'd rather not think about all the COVID protocols that like, you know, had to go into the, the mask, the different variations of masks. Like we see people wearing like helmets at, right. at different points. We see people getting COVID tested and quarantining for 14 days. You know, like I remember how stressful those days were. So I'm like, is it, is it's been too long. Like I, maybe I just don't want to remember that kind of stuff. So now I'm thinking maybe we just didn't need it. Maybe we could have just moved forward and nobody would have missed this. Yeah. You know? It was a total buzzkill. The, all the COVID stuff in the movie. And also it was like that they're like doing like PCR tests to people. And it's like, yeah, no, we get it. We, uh, th- th- that's not, that's not fun. Like maybe if this movie was like 30 years from now and you were trying to show this to people like, Oh, look how, look how crazy it was when people like, but you know, that it's not like that you're going to show COVID tests to people and people will be like, Oh, that's uh so funny. I didn't laugh at the COVID test. It was more like uh laughing through my pain in a way. Like, yeah, I remember getting those tests. Uh, I, I remember getting a lot of those tests, honestly, and getting those tests to do things that you normally wouldn't have to do that for. And mm-hmm. yeah, it wasn't always pleasant. So to see it being made fun of wasn't like I wasn't like, how dare you make fun of this? But it was kind of like, I'm sure there was a funnier thing you could have done, you know? And yeah. so it didn't hit probably the way they thought that it should hit. It just, to me, like, was so meta this idea of, hey, let's go make a movie about making a movie in COVID protocol, in COVID protocol. Whereas, you know, I always give credit to Mike White, who during COVID, you know, the like the dark days of production during uh, COVID times said, hey, HBO, give me money so I can go make a show, a movie, basically, a you know, six part series with my friends that wasn't about COVID. You didn't have yeah. to make the thing about COVID. Mm-hmm. And that's what I said. Like, if I'm weighing this next to Don't Look Up, it kind of give me the same feeling of just kind of like, I get it. This is dark times, and I don't really want to laugh at those things, you know. And then, so, if you can make me laugh, that's great. But I don't want to laugh at these things because I don't really want to deal with the reality of COVID all the time, you know. Like I still wear my mask, with, depending on the situation I'm in. I wear my mask a lot, honestly. Mm-hmm. And so, to see people like kind of, I don't know, uh, having to wear theirs on television, I'm like, man, this was a one place where right. I didn't have to deal with this. Um, so, yeah, I didn't love it. Um, but again. I think it was a pinch funnier. No, I think it was way funnier than Don't Look Up. So mm-hmm. I think I'm leaning toward it Um, if I have to pick which one was worse. But I think this was a movie with a confusing message where on the one hand... There was no message. Well, I thought like <laughs> on the one hand, they were trying to say like, see, like people don't appreciate how hard these movie stars have it working on these films. Like there was a lot of like, uh, we need to, we need to escape that you, there was like a lot of times where it seemed like that the characters were almost like this was a story where you're supposed to sympathize with the actors. But then there's also some times where other characters say like, hold on, where that you want us to feel bad for you actors for, you know, how you're being treated on a movie. Well, we have problems too. Like, well, which is it? 
Yeah, I don't think there was a message here, Rob. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I think it was just look at all the crazy stuff that de- that we dealt with uh, in the pandemic and in the height of the pandemic when people were quarantining. And I don't think there's a message. I think it's just, hey, this stuff happened. Let's see if we can laugh at it right now because they they didn't make a firm stance on either side, like you're saying. Like it wasn't like we should feel bad for these celebrities who go through stuff. Uh, don't get me wrong. If this is based off of true events when it comes for that Jurassic World Dominion, then I do kind of feel bad for them if they went through some of this stuff. But like it, it, it didn't make that firm stance because they were showing the celebrities were putting themselves in these positions anyway. You know, like it was yeah. like more like a commentary of what has been going on as opposed to a movie that was trying to teach us or tell us something. Well, I feel like that at the very end of the movie, you kind of get what uh, what what they felt like, because uh, let me play a clip and we don't normally do this, but I'm just gonna play a clip. There's like a, the, the, there's an end card and then we come back and we have like a little bit of a post credit scene. Let me just play this real, for you real quick. Do you think we have enough footage in the can to put a cut together? Well, we didn't get any of the opening, but maybe that doesn't matter as long as, long as the ending's strong. Yeah, I mean, the whole rest of the movie can be shit as long as the ending's good because that's what they'll remember, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, at least he tried to make a movie. I mean, you can't judge us for that. We made something that's a distraction in these difficult times. Uh, that... No, that you don't get credit for that. Look, we yeah. we made so we made a movie to distract because you know what we got a million movies to watch, Chappelle. No, they're saying that you wouldn't have a million movies to watch if we didn't do these things. If we weren't going through bubble protocols and forcing our way through lackluster versions of your favorite shows and films, then you wouldn't have nothing to watch. I complain a lot, a lot Mm -hmm. about The Walking Dead on The Walking Dead podcast. And the people have let us know that we complain a lot about it. But it's because during the COVID era, the show drastically was just like they were trying to like make a show. Like it, it, I don't care what it looks like. We just got to put a show together. And it in the beginning, they were not doing well. And we were talking about it week mm-hmm. after week after week. And now they're doing a lot better. But I think it's because some of these co- uh, like protocols have been lifted. It's probably a lot easier to film this kind of stuff. And the show might be reflecting that. But yeah, these people are saying that like you might not have liked the trash we put in front of you during that time. But at least we gave you something. What were y'all going to do? Read? Mm-hmm. Please. Mm-hmm. Please win. Yeah, yeah, what are you going to do with your Netflix subscription if there was no bubble on there to watch? You know, so I think that if anything, that's the message. Be grateful because at least we gave you some. Be grateful. At least, at least the, you had a movie to look at. I mean, you could have not had a movie. There to was look no at. shortage of movies, Chappelle. They all were doing this. All mm-hmm. of the movies were doing this. Now, don't get, you could always go rewatch old stuff. Which There's plenty is- of stuff people didn't see. Plenty of stuff in the can, you know. But mm-hmm. there, for the people who felt like we need to keep the film industry alive, you know, cause there were questions about that as well. You know, like are movies even going to survive this? What, what are movie theaters going to be uh, with people aren't there? Like, how are we going to sell mm-hmm. movies and films and tickets and all this other stuff? How do we keep these actors employed? There was a lot of questions about that during the early stages of the pandemic. And so, yeah, I think what they're saying is we gave you something. Damn, be grateful. And I'm saying like, mm, mm, you know, like, better. yeah, just just try harder, you know, like I, I get it. We, we can, we can have more than crumbs. I'm sure you can give it to, you know, give us something, but just try a little harder. That's all. 
Chappelle, I want to just talk about like the plot of this film, which is almost like impossible to follow of what, what's going on because they're just all over the place uh, with all of these uh, different characters. It's like a, a huge cast. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's really like quick scenes. A lot of times, like there's just like your spe- like these characters are like doing stuff by themselves in their hotel rooms, and you're just seeing all of that. Like, did they somehow like incorporate the quarantine for the movie into making the movie where the the characters were just filming stuff like uh like by themselves in their hotel room? Well, that's the point. They were quarantining, literally. Like, there, there's there's at least three times throughout the film where the director says, we got to shut it down. You have to go back to your room. And so during that time, it's a time lapse of 14 days where it's just the celebrity by themselves. Right. And so they don't do a lot of, like, intermingling because also they're not supposed to because of COVID protocols. So there are people like stagehands and PAs that are leaving and getting like deliveries and bringing in coffee and stuff like that. But you're not supposed to touch them. You're not supposed to interact with them. There are several rules you're supposed to have with the actors. Um, and these people are trying to observe those rules the best they can. They're just not doing a great job. But you're right. It does make it very difficult to follow the plot. Not so much the plot itself, like the story, because that's very simple. They're trying to make a movie and then, you know, it gets hard and then they, they escape. That's fine. But it's trying to follow each of these characters' motivations when there's so many and they all their names sound the same. You know, like you got like a Dieter and a Dustin and a and a Darren all in the same all in <laughs> yeah, the same scene. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So I think that's why it's hard to follow. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of just little bubble conversations, if you will, where mm-hmm. two people are just kind of in their own space and it doesn't deal with the cast at large. Mm-hmm. Okay. The film franchise uh, that they are making is called Cliff Beasts. This is Cliff Beasts 6. Mm, yeah. And if you know me at all, you know I would have been out after Cliff Beasts 2. Yes. There would have been no world I saw Cliff Beasts 3. I cannot remember the last uh, third iteration of a movie that I've seen. It's just too much. It's too much. Yeah. And I guess Cliff Beasts is supposed to be some sort of a knockoff of Jurassic Park, but... Uh, do, do I guess they're scaling a mountain a lot? Yeah, at some point they free climb. Is that what you call it? Where you just climb up a mountain without any like mm-hmm. wires? At some point they just do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't work out production wise, but that is their goal. And then at the top of the cliffs, I'm assuming at the top of the cliffs, there's this big fight where they have to fight the, the dinosaurs. And I think their original goal is to bring the dinosaurs in alive and like save them. But now it's come to the point where they have no choice but to fight them at the top, top of the cliff. I don't understand how we've done this six times. But then, then again, we're on, what, Jurassic Park 55 at this point, 56? Yeah, I feel like so, it's like two Jurassic Park trilogies, I think. I just don't, I just don't understand. So mm-hmm. if you can get all of those Jurassic Parks, Jurassic Park, then you can do the Cliff Beast, I guess, six times. <laughs> okay. So... In the movie, uh, Carol, who's Karen Gillan, she ends up, she sat out Cliff Beast 5 and her agent talks her into going to go do Cliff Beast 6. Her mind is so powerful. Mm -hmm. Like, she's like, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. And it's the correct answer. But because her agent is trying to get her her career back together, um, she has no choice. Because I think the last film she did was, what was it, Jerusalem Rising, where she was half Palestinian, half Jewish, and she had to bring both of those communities together to fight aliens. Mm-hmm. So, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is nowhere to go but up from there. Yeah. At least, or so she thought. So she thought. So, <laughs> yeah. okay. She's going to go be in this movie and has to go be in quarantine. She goes uh, to the set and then has to quarantine in her room for 14 days. And to me, this still seemed very appealing. The quarantine in your room for 14 days. Yeah, I can yeah. do this. This, yeah. is, this is my bag. Yeah, this is my bag. She was all alone and she got to just kick it with almost unlimited resources. Like, let's be very clear. She's a celebrity and a, a, like a high paid actor. They were in this really nice hotel where they were bringing her alcohol and food at her every whim. It, looked, it didn't look like she was struggling at all. Like some people quarantined in not so great situations where they were working from home with and kids climbing with on kids. them. Yeah trying to figure out how to get food and toilet paper. She was living a life of luxury for 14 days and it was driving her crazy, honestly. And she was like catatonic by the end of it. Yeah. And she couldn't talk to her boyfriend who was very upset with her about leaving because he was very nervous about the the COVID protocols. So yeah, she didn't love it. She was having, she was struggling. She just needed some people interaction. And as an extrovert, I understand that. But also if you give me everything I need, I don't need people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'll be fine. Yeah. They, it seemed like that I thought this movie was going to be about the people who were the like handlers uh, that uh, I thought they set up the movie where we uh, got to see, uh, you know, a couple of these people, uh, Gunther uh, and a few of the other people that worked at the hotel. Uh, And Mm -hmm. I thought we were going to be seeing this movie sort of like from their perspective a lot more. Uh, That wasn't really the case. Yeah, it's weird because they start off showing us Gunther and Bola, the yeah. um the the people who work at the hotel and they're telling them uh I believe Gavin is the one telling them that, but he's telling them that these actors Gunther, are coming we're Gavin, putting them in another, a bubble. Another uh, similar sounding yeah. name. Yeah. I just really think that was a choice. Like, why would you do that? Because it's hard to remember this now. I'm going to screw it up at least five times, but we move. Um so they're telling them the actors are like animals and you are the animal herders. So sometimes they're going to want to play with you and sometimes they're going to want to rip your balls off. You know, like those are the direct quote. I mm-hmm. was like, oh, okay. That's what we're getting into. So I thought this is going to be how Bola. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So this, I thought this is how Bola and Gunther are going to have to, you know, tell their story about how they deal with these uh, maybe like um, bougie actors and actresses who aren't used to being locked down and told what to do because they are liars you're not supposed to party with them. You don't, you just make them feel good at all costs. You don't tire them out. You, and you definitely don't sleep with them, but you have to tell them that they're fantastic and they need constant praise. Like those were the rules. And then we just almost completely move away from it. I was like, I was thinking in my head, okay, somebody of these two people is definitely going to sleep with one of them or break mm-hmm. all these rules. And the only rule we really see broken by those two people is that Gunther really wants to be friends with these celebrities. Like mm-hmm. he's instantly calling them friends. He does not understand the assignment at all. Yeah. And we really, I think that maybe that might have been a more interesting movie, but those people like weren't the stars. So uh, we don't really spend a lot of time with them. No, not at all. Like the few times you see Gunther, it's because he's trying to befriend somebody or somebody's trying to befriend him. And then Bola, his job is basically because during COVID, uh, there were not a lot of employees around. A lot of people were not able to continue working or were quarantined or didn't feel safe to go to work. And so he was there to do literally everything for everybody. So if you needed a masseuse, you needed uh, somebody to make a run for you, you needed uh, somebody to play table tennis, ping pong with you, he was your guy. Mm-hmm. And so um, that was it. That's almost like the entire uh, like hotel staff. There's one other person, Anika, but we haven't got to her yet. Mm-hmm. So, all right. 
after quarantine is over, everybody gets together and we start to see all of the actors who have a history together. And we find out about how Leslie Mann and David Duchovny, they were, you know, once married. They have an adopted high school son. Yeah, they adopted a 16 year old, maybe like three or four months before they got a divorce, which which is a choice. You know, he was already pretty pretty old before they decided to bring that into their broken yeah. marriage um but yes leslie plays the uh character lauren van chance and then david Duchovny is one of those other d names that i mentioned earlier i don't mm-hmm. remember which one mm-hmm. darren Dieter. no not Dieter. He's not dustin. darren dustin dustin and yeah and so we're led to believe that dustin and lauren uh met on either either met on the set of one of these previous Cliff Beast movies, or maybe they were together beforehand. But whatever the reason is, they've hooked up several times on the set of these films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. they will again here. Um, we meet Fred Armisen, the director of the film, and I normally like Fred Armisen in things. Yeah, he's daring in this one. Did you like him in this film? I did not. I did not think this was uh, Freddy. I mean, there were a few uh, fun moments, but I really didn't get what he was going for here throughout most of the film. Yeah, he's got long hair. I get. I think in there are certain moments where he's supposed to be giving off like creep vibes, but eh, he wasn't a standout by any means, especially for him to be the director. He was almost like a background character in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Fred Armisen is very funny normally, and I think I laughed a few times. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Uh, Keegan Michael Key is uh, starting a religion. What What's the no, name of his? No, no, no. It's not a religion. It's not a religion. A no, no, no. It's a lifestyle, and he definitely did not write a Bible. He wrote a book. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's just trying to teach people about his his like way of life and some helpful things that he can like that you can use to manifest things, some proverbs and stories that he just happened to write in the form of a Bible, even though it's just a book. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But it's definitely not a cult. <laughs> Anybody else from this group of actors that are in the main cast you want to highlight? I mean, we have to talk about Crystal. Um, so Iris Man, uh, well, Iris Apatow, sorry, yes. I mean, Iris Man. Crystal, Crystal Chris. is, uh, yeah, she plays Crystal Chris, and Crystal Chris is our TikToker, and she basically is only in the film because um, she has a bunch of followers. Like she has millions of followers, and so they brought her in almost as stunt casting uh, to hope that people will care about this sixth iteration of Cliff Beast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. But but other than that, that's pretty much the the main core. It's a big core, but it's 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 that's the main group, and their interactions with each other are interesting because a lot of people are not happy to see Carol back because she sat out the one Cliff Beast, and they felt like you deserted us Cliff in a Beast way. Is you a know, family. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a family of heroes. Rob is from what I've been told, and she deserted them. Mm-hmm. But very quickly, uh, Lauren Leslie Mann's character says. I forgive you. It's fine. I just don't think she even believes that, though. Yeah, they got over it pretty quick. Okay, but maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Okay. Yeah. Um. So we see at points them shooting the movie. Like we see the finished movie at times, which is odd because they never apparently finished the movie. But uh, we sometimes like jump ahead to watching the movie as it was intended to be. Right. We get clips of the movie 
as it's going to be in its final form. But we also get clips of the movie from the production standpoint. So yeah. there'll be various moments throughout the film where you see them fighting dinosaurs or in the jungle, uh, like looking for dinosaurs or even like just being attacked and murdered. But we see them also in front of the green screen, hanging from cables at different points as well. You know, Rob, it's important to point out that at the beginning of the film, there's a guy who they tell him, hey, you record all of this. You mm-hmm. record everything that we're happening in the making of this film. Yes. You know, I want you to be like a fly on the wall, but also a fly off these people's asses. And so mm-hmm. not only are we getting our perspective, but there's a guy who's recording all the things that we're talking about. So he sees it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And asks some probing questions at times. Yeah. Probing is a good word for some of the things that come up in this film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so... Um, there's a lot of debate over the direction of the script. David Duchovny, his uh, character here, Dustin, has a lot of ideas. He wants to do some rewrites on the script. He is the protector of the franchise. That's what he says. Yes. He's like, I'm the face of this, and I, whatever this looks like is going to be a reflection of me, and I need to make sure that it is true to its natural like uh, lore. And so, yeah, he doesn't love the direction of the film. We never really find out what the real direction of the film is because throughout, David Duchovny's character is trying to change it at every turn. Mm-hmm. And so we see Fred Armisen's character really trying to figure out, how do I stop this man from changing my film because he thinks he knows more than me? And that's probably something that you see a lot with actors, at least uh, the big names. They're probably trying to change their their roles a little bit, yeah. you know, in real life. I mean, if Duchovny wanted to punch up some of the dialogue, uh, I hope that they gave him the freedom here to do it. Oh, he wanted to punch some stuff up in this film, Rob. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a moment where him and Lauren are like, they might be divorced, but she was like, yeah, punch me up, daddy. I was like, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. what's happening? What mm-hmm. does that mean? Mm-hmm. I, mean I, don't, I don't think we should use the term punch me up in, after this film, you know. Kind of nasty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we haven't got to the glove yet, Rob, but there's some freaky shit coming up. Yeah, well, uh, we there's another character, Ron John, uh, who uh, we see uh, Keegan Michael Key uh, asks about, uh, like, what's your dream? Like, it's like a life coach. Uh, like, what? What do you like? What do you? If you could do anything, what do you want to do? Uh, yeah, and Ron John definitely has some thoughts. I think his issue here is that he thinks that during the pandemic. You know, like basically this will not be the last pandemic. Yes. He's very concerned with that. He's like, if there's another pandemic, what are we going to do? And he has like a brother who has, I don't know, like some type of business or something like he's like in the tech industry. And so Ron John wants to tell a dildonics. He wants to um he wants to create a device that is like a glove. And this glove this glove, um, you wear it on your hand and well, one person wears it on their hand and then the other person has a corresponding glove. Yes, Rob, yes. that very hand motion. Mm-hmm. And you wrap it around yourself or you shove it up your uh, cavity, if you will. And then the person who has the other glove, they get to control and do freak nasty stuff to you from across the world. So it's like uh, like um, high dollar uh, cyber sex. Sure. Um Chappelle, when I was younger, I used to have a thing for the Nintendo called like the Power Glove. Uh, is uh, that similar? You tell me. I look. I ain't never had the Power Glove, Rob. Was how was it? <laughs> Didn't work uh, as good as uh, they said it was going to. Did you try Ron John's technique? You know, I didn't have an internet connection. Mm, 
So you just didn't just like uh no internet connection. You just mm. raw dog it. Mm-hmm. No, because Ron John was like, mm-hmm. just shove it up there and see what happens. See what happens. You didn't. Yeah, yeah. you didn't try it. <laughs> It sounds like you weren't using it to the best of your ability, Rob. That's not, I guess I, I guess I was a, I wasn't even uh, doing it right. Yeah, that's not a developer issue. That's a you issue. Mm-hmm. Next time, do try. Do your due diligence. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, Chappelle, they're filming the movie. Things are going okay, but guess what? And everybody back into quarantine. Yeah, they're told very clearly that their physical touch is off the table. Like you are not to touch anybody. Of course, these celebrities are not listening. Um, but they end up going into quarantine because one of the, um, like PAs goes off to get coffee and they said, we, well, we only sent one person to go get the coffee because we wanted to make sure everybody was safe. Unfortunately, that person went and got coffee for 80 people and that oh. person had COVID. And so, through whatever transfer of, I don't know, germs that occurred, most of the cast had been right. exposed to somebody with COVID. And so they had to go back on lockdown. But they, they had to go back on lockdown, but like th- nobody was like quarantining like by themselves. Like they, like they got to the film set. Everybody's like, you have to quarantine for 14 days. And it's like, all right, all right. Now you have, there's a COVID issue. Everybody has to go back to their room, but like nobody quarantines anymore. It's just like they just stopped making the movie and like, mm-hmm. like it's like it's like like we know how COVID works. Yeah. I guess they figured if we all have it or potentially have been exposed to it, then I guess we can quarantine together for 14 but days. Just like, it's keep not making like, the movie then. Yeah, I guess so, right? Like if you um maybe it's the like the stage hands and PAs. I don't know. That is that definitely is a choice because they could have just kept making the movie if they were just gonna keep all the same people in the same room. Uh, and they're but, at a hotel yeah. where other people are also there. Right. We find out that there's literally a soccer team that is just in the in the hotel as well. Like they haven't shut the hotel down. It's still mm-hmm. very much functioning as a normal hotel. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, this is not the best for quarantining but rob these people just really want to have sex a lot like they just yes. they cannot stay away from each other well, um yeah freaking mando that his whole storyline <laughs> is that he just he's going up to people like will you have sex with me yeah it, very very quickly mando uh, he decides that he wants to have sex with the woman at the front desk i believe her name is anika he's mm-hmm. like anika let's have sex and she goes cool we can do that but First, I really want you to get to know me. Like, it'd be nice to date you because I like you a lot. But also, you probably need to get to know my father, too, because I I want him to approve of you before we get into this relationship. And on top of that, I'm an angel. I'm one of a kind. So you really don't want to rush this thing. So you and I are going to have sex one day. And Mando is like, oh, that's not why I came here. So the next time we see Mando soliciting somebody, he's like, send Ron John to my room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, I brought your room service. I didn't ask you to bring my room service. I asked for Ron John because uh, I, I think he wants to see what that glove hit for. Um, it hasn't been created yet, but I think he wants to talk about the ins and outs of it, if mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it seemed like he was just going up to a lot of people. Like, uh, will you have sex with me? I mean, at this point, I mean, there's, there's even a moment where he decides to basically simulate sex with the app that he is using to do yeah, stretches? Yeah, yeah. Like, like a yoga uh, app? Yeah, I don't know uh, what it's called. Like, uh, I see commercials, like uh, LeBron does you commercials. You see commercials for, like that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, what? Jeez. Tonal? Tonal? Is that what it's called? 
I, I don't know. But you never see those com- jump off in the screen. I, yeah. I, that, I mean, you just, they would sell a lot more. You never see those commercials that LeBron does for the like the gym, the mirror. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that commercial. Yeah, yeah. He has one of these things, but it has like a dream sequence. Right. No, this is more like that movie Her, the Joaquin Phoenix movie where he falls in love with Siri. Mm-hmm. Like it's more like that where like. He's ready to get it in with the woman who is teaching him the stretches. I think at some point they do get it in. I don't know if we're supposed to believe that that really happened or it's that he keeps doing coke in all his spare time. Um, but if you look no further than him, if you want to see who's using the heavy drugs throughout the film, he's doing a lot of drugs. Uh, then mm-hmm. people start to get very thirsty around this point of the second quarantine. Yeah, I mean, well, speaking of drugs, we do have one person we haven't really talked about was Howie, who is uh, very much waiting on his weed to show up. He's trying to get it droned in. Mm -hmm. He's like, can you just fly it over the wall for me? And so Howie is also having his withdrawals, but it's it's just weed and he also hates these people. But as far as the sex goes, yeah, uh, pretty much everybody's hooking up. Um, Dustin and Laura are talking about their issues and even though they're not supposed to be getting back together, they swore it wouldn't happen again. They start talking about how he skipped her mom's funeral to go to the people's choice of words and she burned down his back office and he slept with her agent, her manager, her divorce lawyer, all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also intimidated by how talented she is and she looks very beautiful. And the next thing you know, they're back together and they yep. are getting it in as well, you know, at the foot of the the fake mountain that they're supposed to be climbing. Yeah. The titular cliff of the cliff beast. Very titular cliff. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, Carol hears like something going, I was like, Oh, like now who's hooking up? Uh, but it's not that it's actually the soccer team in the building is, is kicking a ball around and she meets a guy, Zachy and, uh, her and Zachy have like instant chemistry. Yeah, almost instantly they can tell that they, they want to get it into. And the problem here is that uh, Carol had a boyfriend. When she mm-hmm. came out there, she had a boyfriend, Josh, and she FaceTimed him because she had to tell him about all the crazy stuff that was going on with the filming. But when she FaceTimed him, uh, a waitress from this restaurant that they went to answered the phone. And she's like, hey, what's up? Said, um, who are you talking to? She's like, oh, yeah. And Josh takes the phone and says, oh, yeah, this is the waitress. You remember her? Mm-hmm. So at that point, Carol realizes, oh, no, he's cheating on me. He's like, no, no, no. We have broken up now because you left me to go film this movie for right. half a year. Uh, also, me and this woman are going to be living in your home until you get back and ordering so, uh DoorDash. Yeah, Thai food. They had a, mm-hmm. a good menu going. So mm-hmm. yeah, so at that point Carol was out on the relationship and she ran right into the arms of that uh Zachy, the soccer yeah. player. Chappelle, I want to talk about a disturbing moment in the film. Okay? Meditation mm-hmm. time. All right? You set okay. up very well about Howie, played by yes. Gus Khan. Okay? Mm-hmm. He has been waiting on his weed delivery. He's a little tense. He's a little on edge. Yeah, beyond it. Yes, beyond the edge. And so Mm -hmm. he is, uh, you know, getting very upset during meditation time uh, that he's supposed to be the comic relief in the movie, but he is not not laughing. Um, No. Who who comes up to him? Duchovny? Yeah, so Dustin here, David yeah. Duchovny's character, is trying to put him at ease. Um, because see, the thing is, they're Ride in meditation the because Howie. Yeah, well, the, they're in meditation because 
Bola is reminding them, even though they might not be thinking about it, that there's probably some fear amongst them that they're not that they are not as special as they think they are, and that one day they're going to be penniless with the movie industry basically about to collapse due to the effects of COVID and you know the fact that no one's going to the movies anymore. And so, because of that, and the stress of all of this going on, and the lack of weed and the lack of sex that uh, Howie is um, enduring. He kind of snaps here yep. and he takes it out on uh, Dustin. Yes. And by kind of snaps, uh, he grabs him in a very sensitive spot. Okay. Yeah. It was like the mandible claw before his nuts, you know? So mm-hmm. like, not he, well, I, he, he said it wasn't, not his nuts, but oh. his Luli. Oh, not the Luli. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah uh, yeah uh, mm, yeah the howie i would say he went for the jugular but that would have been too much too much like right um mm-hmm. he he took out his anger here on dustin and this wasn't great but at this point Howie's out he's done with the film yes. and he decides that he's leaving and nobody can stop him and he's off to london uh as an escape like he's leaving the compound and they will never see howie again mm-hmm. okay so they uh, how he runs off. No, no, how he left in the movie. All right. Uh, we skip to day 61 now of the production and um, we're going to put like low jack on everybody. <laughs> yeah. Centers, because now they we had to because how he left. We need super increased security from Mr. Best, who was his his, his references is that he's. Head of security for the baby. Yeah, he is the baby's security. Yeah, um, and I guess and you know the baby's not working as much. Yeah, he's probably fine. So the baby, the baby is not as busy, and so mm-hmm. Mr. Best had time to you know spend his time here. Um, and we will find out later that maybe he shouldn't. He mm-hmm. he should not. But mm-hmm. yeah, they're tagging each of the uh, actors here to. St- and they tell them that it's so that we can track the COVID protocol, right? We got to make sure y'all aren't getting in contact with each other too much. But it really feels like, Rob, they just don't want them all to escape like how we did. Right, right. Now, I don't think that this is like a real thing, uh, but that uh, a friend of mine who worked in production uh, was telling me about how, you know, that they would have people on a set like wear these bracelets where they could tell if you were like in close enough contact with somebody like, uh, Oh, okay. You're, you're in my social distancing space. And like the thing would like, uh, like, uh, like start beeping. If you violated like social distancing. Didn't they have something like that in either the NFL or in the bubble and the NBA? Like, wasn't there uh, like, they had like a, not a tracking system, but they definitely kept tabs on them in many different ways. So I wouldn't be shocked if that's Mm -hmm. exactly what was happening, but yeah, that's the story that they're telling them here in this film. They're saying, no, we're just attaching this, this uh, like thing to your, to the back of your neck or to your lower back so that you will, know, if you get COVID, but in reality, they think all these people are a flight risk. And honestly, they should be because it's day 61 and we've seen barely any fl- filming going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of stuff going on in the movie. They end up f- f- killing off Howie in very graphic fashion. 
Yeah, well, they had to. So first they told Howie, you can't leave the film. You can't leave the film. Like, we can't recast you at this point. And he's saying, no, yes, you can. Literally anybody could play this role. You can mm-hmm. recast me. It's been recasted at least 52 times. Like, I like I mean, shows will be recast at least 52 times. Like, look at Batman. There's been 55 of those. And they say, no, we can't do it mid-film, you stupid person. And so instead out of frustration they have him decapitated on film mm-hmm. and so not the actual howie he's long gone but they do have his um uh, his, his characters yeah. head drop you know from being attacked by a dinosaur um as a f you to howie mm-hmm. f you to howie yeah he will not be in cliff uh cliffs b7 mm-hmm. so again this is where you know a lot of people having sex this is where mando is going to have sex with the uh, workout equipment. Yeah. Again, I, just, I don't know why this was happening. I don't know why I'd either. To, yeah. Yeah. I'd have to lean on that. There's probably some heavy drug use going mm-hmm. on to make him feel like mm-hmm. this was a thing that was going on. Um, and perhaps yeah. during the production of this film also. Oh, heavy drug use? Probably. Yeah. Probably. I wouldn't put it past them. Definitely, definitely weed, but then you could get heavier and heavier until right. yeah, sky's the limit. Sky's, sky's the limit. limit. Do what you want to do. Uh, yeah. also Carol is now hooking up with Zachy. Yeah. And they seem to be bonding. I mean, they haven't really discussed each other's real names no. until this point. So they've had sex well, a he's couple a big times. Fan of her character in the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he doesn't really know her. But they've already decided to change exchange "I love yous." So, mm-hmm. despite Dr. them Lacey. not really knowing each other, yeah, he loves Doctor Lacey, and the two of them seem like they're going to be a great couple. Going to be a great couple. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Zachy uh, deliver. He scores multiple goals. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, again. This is Carol kind of having her moment because her she just fell apart. Like her relationship just fell apart. I mean, to the point Rob, where, um, Josh, her ex-boyfriend, his kids were calling her mommy. Mm-hmm. And now they're like, who's Carol? Who's Carol? <laughs> Very quickly. Yeah. yeah. They, they've already turned their backs on her. So she's just having a hard time, uh, to the point where she kind of wants to leave. You yes. know, she's like, I'm yes. starting to consider getting out of here too. Yeah. Now this was a little confusing uh she like goes instantly from she slept with zacky to she is like throwing up and things get kind of (laughs) gross here for a bit Mm -hmm. so the cast starts to get sick um they like you see Dieter um mando is throwing up we see um carol is throwing up and we start to wonder What's happening? Why are they getting sick? Is it COVID? Turns out they all got the flu. They Mm -hmm. got the flu from a delivery person. So every person in the cast has tested positive for the flu, but none of them have tested positive for COVID. Two of them have tested positive for STDs, but that's neither here Mm -hmm. nor there. there. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And so they basically take a vote. We're all sick. We shouldn't have to work like this. These conditions are horrible. Let's just go home. And so she tries to rally the troops and say, we're going to vote that we go ahead and leave. But everybody votes that they just push through filming. And so now she's almost a hostage at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, just to stick with the flu storyline for a little bit. So they, they keep working because people have the flu. And then there is a, a scene, one of my least favorites in the film, where they're like doing like scaling the mountain and then characters just start like puking on each other. Yeah, um, 
it is bad. So they're they're climbing this they're climbing the cliff, you know, the titular cliff. Mm-hmm. And at some point, they just start passing out. Like uh Leslie Mann's character, Lauren, she just is like hanging suspended from the invisible wire because we don't see it because of the green screen but on the cliff she's just like suspended in midair just dead like unconscious and then you have like uh keegan michael key's character sean he passes out and at that point they're trying to decide can we even continue Mm -hmm. and dear god please don't throw up because if you throw up i'm going to throw up and then they start to throw up rob and then like chappelle they threw up on her face who is this for Who's who? The, who's the audience that wants to see this? Yeah, this was cringy, especially because like they're throwing up on each other, which is already one of those things where it's like, if I'm a child, I might be laughing, but as an adult, mm-hmm. like I'd have to rip my face off if that happened to me. Like, please don't throw up on me. But also, yeah. you're throwing up on people during COVID. Like that just feels like like the COVID pipeline, like direct to COVID. You know, like you could get it within six feet of somebody and not get it, but if you throw up on somebody, I feel like you automatically have COVID. The moment the moment the vomit touches you, just mm-hmm. COVID. You know, so to see them throwing up on each other, I was like, "Shut it down, shut it down." But again, nobody really was wanted this to. A they movie they could for push like eleven-year-old uh, boys. Was that what uh, did I did I miss it? Is that bro, what they I were mean, going probably. for with with the CGI dinosaurs and 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 the and because it was an R-rated movie? Yeah, there's a lot of sex. Yeah, um, yeah, fun for the fun for the whole family. CGI dinosaurs, vomit, uh, sex. You know, mm-hmm. the big mm-hmm. three. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Judd Apatow, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bigger things to worry about, Judd. Yeah. So. Yeah. Chappelle, you, you mentioned mm-hmm. uh, Carol wants to like, she was short stage, like a, a coup of like, uh, all right, let's get out of here. We, they can't make the movie without us. Let's take a vote. Well, the thing, the thing is several different people want out. So Gavin, who is, I guess, over production, he's talking to the studio. That's where uh, Kate McKinnon comes in and he's telling her, we can't keep this going. You have to let us out. And she's like, nah, we're good. You're going to make this happen uh, or else. Because remember all the things that I did for you when you had that meth addiction? You're kind of stuck with me. Um, They have $50 billion riding on this. Like This will make or break their whole entire production studio. How do, this is the face of the franchise, Rob. This is it. This is all they have. This is the face of Paramount mm-hmm. or whatever. They studio kept is saying that, this. and I'm just like, what? I, that e- even in real life, like, uh, okay, the studios were shut down. The whole studio is riding on one movie that has to be made. Like, imagine if Avengers Endgame never happened. You know, but like, this wasn't Avengers Endgame in this universe. This was the sixth film in what they said in the beginning of the movie is the 26th biggest franchise of all time. This wasn't going to be Spider-Man No Way Home. I mean, 26th of all time isn't nothing to scoff at, Rob. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. Of all time, like in the since the invention of film, that's not mm-hmm. so bad. I mm-hmm. mean, like the Jerusalem Rising film, Rob, got 4% on Rotten Tomatoes. This is a big deal in comparison yeah, well, you, to Do you want to know what this movie has on Rotten Tomatoes, Chappelle? <laughs> yeah, talk to me about it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I looked earlier is today. There, it's only been a day. You know, like maybe the, the real critics haven't uh, chimed in yet. It's only been a day, but I can tell you that uh, this uh, new movie uh, is uh, doing. What's your guess? Uh, 62. 62. That's critic score. Yeah. Uh, critics gave this a 25% on the tomato meter. <laughs> 
Uh, look at me being kind. Yes. Um, Which I'm surprised yeah. that 25% of critics could say this was good. Yeah. Who are the critics that like couldn't wait to wake up this morning and watch the Judd Apatow film, The Bubble? Okay. Um, Ni- Nicholas Bell today. from Ion Cinema said, The bubble won't make you burst, but it's good for a few winking snickers. Okay. Rob, mm-hmm. Jerusalem Rising got 4% on Rotten Tomatoes. I want to play a game with you. Can you, if if I tell you a movie, can you tell me if it made more or less, it got more or less tomatoes okay, on the tomato please. score? All right. This is, this is more than 4%. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, speed two cruise control. I think speed two cruise control had to have gotten more than 4% on rotten tomatoes. I feel like that the critics were not as hard on movies, uh, at that point in time. So I'll say it's higher than 4%. Mm, sorry, that was Rob. That was a trick question. It was exactly four oh, percent. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, it was. It was exactly four percent. Um, yeah, but you know, what about uh, one of our uh, RHAP favorites, Jack and Jill? Jack and Jill. Jack and Jill. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, that's a really bad movie. <laughs> Do you think it'd be worse than Jerusalem Rising? I I'll say no. I don't think 4% is hard, is hard to do worse than that. All right. Jack and Jill with a whopping 3% oh. on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, I like this game. Do you want to do one more? One more. All right. Uh, are you familiar with... I'm trying to find a, one is most of these movies with less than right, uh, 4% on Rotten Tomatoes or more than around this amount really don't have a, a lot mm-hmm. of name value to them. Um, oh, look at this one. Um Police Academy for Citizens on Patrol. Hmm. More or less than 4% on Rotten Tomatoes. Now that's not even going to be the last uh, Police Academy movie. No, they uh, actually make more Police Academies after like this one. Police Academy 4 is one of the more celebrated uh, Police Academy movies. I'll, I'll, I'll go say once again higher. Uh, it's a 0% zero. tomato score on Rotten Tomatoes. So, Rob, you're 0 for 3. I'll give you credit for the, the, the twist, the, the trick question on the first one. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's really hard to do that bad. But 20, what is this, 29% for this movie? 26? It's mm-hmm. not great. Not great. I wonder if it was easier to get a bad uh, tomato score back in the day because there was less outlets. Now it's like there's all these like websites and stuff that review these movies. Yeah, see, I'm sure they weren't getting reviewed like that back in the real time, but people have gone back now uh, with their like 2022 lens and like, oh yeah, this is a horrible movie. And like, yeah, mm-hmm. but back then it's all we had, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's fair to give the tomato scores for those of the past. Like it has to been around since the website Rotten Tomatoes was out before I can like really take you seriously as a uh, critic in that right. But 26 is still pretty bad. Chappelle, as the bubble rolls along, we see that the security to keep the actors from leaving the set only becomes increasingly tight for people that are trying to get out of the bubble. I only wish I could have gotten out. Yeah, so because of this attempt to leave, right? Like, um, people in unionize in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, Mr. Bess, the security guy, has now set up a laser grid as well yes, to make yes. sure that people don't leave the house. Um, you know, we haven't talked about um, Iris Apatow's character in a while, but she actually snuck off with her friends. Oh, yes. Yes. Met, yeah. So Crystal Chris 
she is the TikToker. She made a friend name, and it's not Carol. Uh, it's something like Carol. It will come to me in a second. But uh, she made a friend uh, on set because the woman said that her or girl said that her dad was the stunt guy. And so she needed to make an alliance with this woman so that she could have somebody to talk to because everybody around them were old. And so her and her friend end up sneaking off to London. Oh, it's Carla. Carla. Mm -hmm. Not Carol. Carla. Follow me here. So Carla and Crystal decide to to sneak off to London. But throughout the film, they're kind of a duo. So while Crystal's making TikToks, Carla's just hanging out in the mix as well. And so because of these security breaches, they have to do the laser grid because these these people can't just, they just can't be trusted, you know? And while Carla has snuck off, um, Carol is the one that is sort of like fallen out of favor with production. And so they're going to start giving more of Carol's stuff in the film to Carla. And so we go to day 94 and now Mm -hmm. uh, Carol realizes that all of her lines have been taken away from her. Uh, Yeah. She says, like, well, what about like a. like how, what happened to my lines and, she, and and they tell her like well you still have the nonverbal lines yeah well that's the thing even the nonverbal lines are taken away from her cuz uh crystals the new hotness right she's the new young girl around and carol was the normal she was normally the younger person on the cast she's the yeah, second youngest second in this youngest. entire cast of cliff beast but there's a moment where Um, the younger character that is played by Crystal, I'm sorry, yeah, by Crystal Chris, she, um, in the film, is supposed to go and connect with the dinosaur non-verbally. A baby dinosaur, because she's like uh, the youngest person. Right, she's like a baby, the baby is like a baby, she has the wide-eyed innocence of a child, so they are bonding. Uh, And the whole time, Carol's in the background just cringing because she knows this is basically the role she was supposed to play, but now that she pissed everybody off by trying to unionize, she's not getting any of this content. Yeah, and Crystal ends up incorporating a little bit of her TikTok content as well by having the dinosaur do TikTok dances with the cast on the film. So I don't really know where they were going with this in the film, but I, yeah, it's this is a random choice, you mm-hmm. know, to have Crystal Chris doing TikToks with the dinosaur. Yeah, I, I did, I did like this part. Thing. This was actually one of my favorite parts in the movie. So oh, that this? They, yeah, <laughs> this was because the, and then like so they they do like a whole thing where they just did like a TikTok uh, dance with the baby dinosaur that we see, mm-hmm. and then another giant dinosaur comes. And then Dr. Lacey ends up like being like the dinosaur roars at her and she has to scream while they are making her pee her pants for the movie. And a guy has like the pump to make like all of the the pee come out from her. Uh, And they're like, cut. And and she's like, like, what the hell is this? Why why do I have to go? And they're like, no, no, no. This is for the fans because they are really going to appreciate the realism of you getting, you know, because that's like a very natural reaction that somebody would have if it's if a dinosaur was roaring in their face. Like, of course, you, you would pee your pants. That's realism. She's like, Crystal just did a TikTok dance with a baby dinosaur. What are you talking about? This is a realistic movie. Yeah, she should have kept her mouth closed. You know, had she not tried to uh, usurp the power structure here, she'd be fine. She'd have her lines. She's a doctor in this (laughs) film. And now she's just the lady who peed on herself. So that's her fault. I'm sorry. You should have just shut up. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'm not saying she wasn't right because they definitely should be trying to get out of here because it's just not safe. These people have powered through the flu. 
these they're not having a good time. They're in danger, and the film just doesn't seem to be that good. But these rewrites, I can't tell if they're Dustin's rewrites because he is trying to slip in his rewrites at every turn, mm-hmm. or if this is the actual film company just trying to screw her yeah, over. The studio or the Fred Armisen. It's uh, it's unclear. Yeah, it's unclear who's mad at her. <laughs> but all right, yeah. um, Rob, they they have to shut down for two more weeks. Yeah. To rewrite, like, th- like that's what Dustin is is proposing. Two more weeks of a shutdown, and they even like they're like Dustin, we just cannot do this. Mm-hmm. Like, it's been five and a half months since this film has started, and from what it can tell, this they've done nothing. They've mm-hmm. done nothing. Yeah. Um. There's a lot of breakups happening at this point in the movie. Uh, Zachy is going to break up uh, with Carol. Apparently, that he was in a relationship. So he's married. Yeah. And okay, fine. And he, he has five kids, three, three on the way, uh, three baby mamas, two on the way. Um, but this is like a very European relationship, he says, you know, so he's, he's allowed, even though he's married to have sex with other people, as long as his wife doesn't know. So now mm-hmm. it's time for him to go. Yes. And, yes. And, yeah. That's and important. Also, yeah. Yeah. And also he, uh, he needs $26 from her, um, from Lauren as well, because mini bar. he bought it. He got a Kit Kat from the mini bar mm-hmm. and it cost $26. So Zachy uh, is making his exit um, because he has a lot going on. He's got a family and several families to feed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and meanwhile, for Lauren and Dustin, that things are not going great. Yeah. So Lauren and Dustin are David Duchovny and Leslie Mann. And they are having their own issues here because... They got back together, even though they swore they wouldn't. But it's been five and a half months. Lauren has not seen her child. And so she really wants to like FaceTime him. They, he's 16 years old. They just adopted him. She really wants to get the family back together. Um, but Dustin doesn't like the kid. He's like, this kid doesn't have good vibes. Mm-hmm. He, he might be a problem starter. And Lauren's just not happy with that. She's a mother first. This kid raised $79,000 for a kidney transplant while they were gone. Like, yeah. so we don't know what he's up to, but she's ready for them to get back home and actually take care of this child as a family. But Dustin wants no parts of it. She eventually tells him that she's going to put him on the no adoption list so he can never adopt again. So at this point, they have broke they have broken up as well because she's going to put being a mother in front of her uh, potential uh, what, reconciliation of her marriage. Mm-hmm. And she's had enough of the rewrites. She wants to. Yeah. yeah enough. Yeah. So- she finally snaps like she's done with it. So she's going to burn down the entire room. She, she sets his computer on fire for a second. He thinks I'm fine. Like my rewrites aren't saved in the, the cloud, saved in the cloud, but she has his password as well. So she's going to burn that down too. When she gets to it, she's erasing everything from the rewrites and yeah, the breakup is nine. Yeah. And so we have a scene where uh, multiple people are trying to escape. Yeah, everything is falling apart. You know, um, like I said, after the um, the fire setting, Lauren is rushing home. She wants to be with her kid. Carol is rushing home because she needs to stop Josh from living in her house with the with the waitress that he cheated yeah, on her with. Yeah. Um, and so when Lauren is out the front door, she's running through the laser grid. She does not care. You can tell she's on her way to freedom. Mr. Best, the security guy, has a sniper on the roof. And the sniper is instructed to shoot Lauren and shoots her hand off, like clean off her hand right off. There's like a uh, thumb left, but 
blows her hand off as she tries to escape. Mm-hmm. Like shoots this actress um, right. to keep her from getting away. And now everything kind of stops again. It's like, wait a minute, that mm-hmm. shouldn't have happened. Yeah. Um, but they're saying, hey, we thought she was uh, like a crazy fan. Like we thought somebody mm-hmm. was entering the mm-hmm. thing on the night. Like we didn't know this was the actress. They definitely knew it was the actress. But Mr. Best is under strict instruction not to let anybody leave. And if you got to get shot to make that happen, then so be it. Did Leslie Mann have some other project to go work on? This is Judd Apatow's wife. Like, I feel like she yeah. woke up that day and he was like, you want to be in this movie? And she's like, no. And he's like, are you sure? She's like, oh, fine. Because she's not doing? in the rest of the movie anymore after this. Do you blame her? <laughs> Do no, you blame I don't her? Blame Leslie her. Mann is better than I mean, this. She shows yeah, up like, like, in like the post credit, like, uh, or the, like the right, right at the very end. She's better than this. Yeah. She's better than this. She's just like, let me go home. And he was like, fine, fine. He's, mm-hmm. fine. he's like, he still got his daughter on set. You know, it's still a family affair. It's just, I think she was done. Maybe was she knew. She's like, Chad, come on. You're better. You're better than this. What are we doing here? No, she was, write me she out was like, you're movie. not, but I'm, I'm better than this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Judd, write me out of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cause the mangled hand is not going to play well. Obviously she cannot continue her role with only a thumb, um, without any real medical attention. So, yeah, they write her out of the film, and um, she's well. Do she's they out. write her out of the film, or do they just like have like a, a green man, basically? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I misspoke. They did not write her out of the film. They had a man in one of those green body suits yeah. with a wig on. His man must have been six five with his with his Leslie green man. body suit yeah. on. Not that man, but yeah, mm-hmm. a man uh, in this body suit. To I guess they were going to CGI her face and likeness onto him, like as deep he, fake him in like, there. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's creepy. It's very creepy uh, that that happened, but she was out. You know, at that point, how can you keep this actress locked down? She just shot it. You got her hand shot out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and honestly, Gavin, the production guy, he reaches out to the studio and tries to tell them there's a lot going on here. The security guy is shooting people, and the production people are like, who are you talking about? We don't know a Mr. Best. He's like, mm-hmm. there's a Mr. Best here shooting people and keeping people from leaving the premises. And they're like, we don't know him at all. Mm-hmm. He sounds like a guy, a nice guy, but we don't have anything to do with that. And they tell Gavin, keep the party going. We want more of the movie right. or I'm going to send elephants from the safari to your home to trample your kids on the inside. Mm-hmm. It's under strict instruction. Right. Uh, and then we see like Kate McKinnon calls her boss and is like, Hey, the movie is delayed. And then she gets threatened the same way. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, everybody's under fire here. But you, but it's good to know that Kate McKinnon is very much on vacation. She's going skiing. She is on a safari at some point. Her bosses are in Fiji. All these people are having the time mm-hmm. of their life during quarantine. She's even vaccinated at the beginning of 2020. Mm-hmm. She's already been vaccinated because she's rich. We saw this when we talked about you, Rob. These rich people, they be having access uh, to the vaccines early. That be a little more context. When we talked about the Netflix original series, you... Oh, yeah. No, we definitely didn't talk about you and your wealth and your ability to get these vaccines earlier than everybody else. That's definitely not what we were talking about. We were talking about a Netflix series, You, in the third season, where I guess the the rich people were able to get the vaccine. Definitely not Rob and his enormous amount of money. Thank you for correcting the record, Chappelle. You're welcome, Rob. (laughs) So (laughs) then we got to... um, Carol can't get a way out. She's trying. She calls oh. her agent. Yeah, they tell her to f off. They're done with her. Mm-hmm. They did. They, they're sick yeah. of it. He's um, too busy. Uh, He's got Mark Ruffalo on the phone. Mark Ruffalo is like, "How do I get out of being in the Adam Project?" 
<laughs> and he had to take that call. Mm-hmm. I, honestly, it did not go well, but because uh, we see that he did not get out of that. But mm-hmm. you know, he has bigger fish to fry. Carol's just becoming a nuisance at this point. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of other changes happening at this point as well. The stunt coordinator Steve has the virus, yeah, and so. He can't come. And so that's when we find out that John Cena is the stunt coordinator and he has to do the stunt coordination on an iPad mm-hmm. while another person kind of holds the iPad on Zoom um, to demonstrate the stunts. And the, strut- the stunts don't go well. Now, the stunts would not have gone well anyway because apparently John Cena's character is not a great stunt coordinator, yeah. but he puts everybody's life in danger. And that's why Carol is so hell bent on getting out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a uh, bunch of people get hurt trying to do stunts in the movie. Um, Carol like takes uh, Fred Armisen. This is really weird scene where Carol is in the pool with Fred Armisen, and she like uh, says like, "Hey, can you fix this for me?" And he like promises that he will. Yeah, it it was the creep vibes. Like, I she did not go to the pool with Fred Armisen. He popped up in the water. Like the director of the movie just like, "Hi, how are you? What are you doing?" And she's mm-hmm. like, "Oh my god." But eventually they come to terms with just help me out here. I don't want to be a part of this. And he tells her, I got it. But he does not have it. He's lying. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. he does not help her in any way. I don't think. All right. Um, I don't even know what's going on anymore. David Duchovny is fighting with Fred Armisen about how the movie is going to go. Well, he's got his rewrites. This is Mm -hmm. when Dustin finally is fed up. He said, here are my rewrites. I have put my foot down. Tell me, like, what do you think? And Darren, the director, Fred Armisen, finally has to say, I don't want this. We're not doing this. We're not doing the script. Shut it down. Like, people go to the din- to movies to see dinosaurs pull up and die. Like, that's it. We're going to do the script word for word as I've written it. Mm-hmm. And so Dustin finally decides to play ball. Um, one of the things that I note about this part, though, is that meanwhile, the hotel staff is so happy because yeah, all of this they feel like drama, it's going great. Yeah. Well, all the drama is keeping these people at their hotel. And the more that they're there, the more they're getting paid. And so mm-hmm. we see Bola and Gunther just kind of like hanging out because they know that there's a big old tip coming for them at the end and that they, uh, you know, are going to make a ton of money off of this. Mm-hmm. Do they? That's all they think. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, Carol ends up like uh, getting word that her grandma died. It's not that she got word that her yeah. grandma died. It's that she went to the production people and said, I need to get out of here. And they said, no, absolutely not. We can't do that. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, look, I like everybody's upset. We can't even get the film to stop shooting for a little bit so we can figure this out. Right. And they said, yeah. And despite that, your grandma's dead. Like they just tell mm-hmm. her point blank. Like, oh, by so the I way, need to go be with my family. Too. Yeah, she's almost confused. She said, do I I need to go be with my family? And they're like, no, no you no. don't. They said, grandma was 97. She mm-hmm. lived a good life. You will be here. And I was like, that is callous. But also, Carol, you did this to yourself. Like, <laughs> they had to abandon their own cat and fa- friends and family to do this, Rob. So they don't have any sympathy for her. Mm-hmm. Chappelle, we cut to now. It's day 166. And mm-hmm. Kate McKinnon calls up. I guess this was like a pep talk to the crew because she yeah. has Beck on standby to perform the the song uh, Play That Funky Music, White Boy. No, I believe it was Ladies Night by Cool oh, and Ladies the Gang. Night. Ladies <laughs> Night. Sorry. Yeah. No, no it you're was right. Very funny. You're right. It's Ladies Night. Yes. 
Yeah, it's very funny because um, I have everybody like, let's play just, play them some funky grooves. Uh, is what she says. <laughs> yeah, yes, she she had a funky white boy play them some music, and that was Beck. Um, Beck did the cool in the game performance to raise the uh, morale, I guess, for the group, and so. But it was pre-recorded. Let's be very clear. He was not performing for them. There was times where you could very tell that, like, very much tell that this was something that he recorded and the production studio made him submit. And so they all dance. They have a mm-hmm. legit dance break. Rob, honestly, they have like four dance breaks throughout this film. There are times where they're making TikToks, but at the very end, when uh Beck is when this Beck moment happens, they just are dancing because they're trying to, you know, right. get hype for the end of filming. So. Chappelle, uh, we get to a point now where Entertainment Tonight is doing an interview, which I, I, I thought they were in a bubble. I don't understand. But there's an Entertainment Tonight reporter there to interview the cast. And Carol, like, sort of in the middle of the interview says, like, uh, help us, please. We're being helped against the will. And, and she's like, uh, uh, they're like, uh, this isn't live. You blew it. You know, you idiot. Well, the, the problem here is that they're trying to do a normal interview and hold it together like this is not a disastrous project. But the studio announces in the middle of the interview that they are rolling right into the recording of Cliff B7 <laughs> yes. after this is over. And that's it. Carol's done. That's when she's just like, help, please. We're hostages. I can't mm-hmm. do this anymore. Somebody's hand got shot off. And she's like yelling, thinking this is live TV. Someone is going to hear this and send help. Unfortunately, no. It's a pre-recorded interview, and now you know her cry for help will never make it out of here. Right, and so she goes to Crystal, of course, Crystal, big TikTok influencer, and says, "Hey, you have to, you know, air my TikTok of, you know, of of showing like how how bad things are." And yeah, Rob, if anybody can get something done, it's the TikTokers. It's, you know, it's like the TikTokers, right? Yeah. These people are oppressed. Help, come help us. That's what Gen Z TikTokers are for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Crystal says, no, I'm not going to do that. Well, her alliance mate, Carla, has been hanging out. And Carla says, this is not good. Nobody wants to hear privileged actors talking about how oppressed they are. They're super rich. Nobody wants that. Where's and Crystal the agrees. Yeah. She's not wrong. Mm-hmm. But Crystal agrees. So she doesn't end up posting. Okay. You know, there's a, there's some slapping going on as well. Yes. You know. So, okay. We, yeah, we, Judd Apatow does not care for that. Oh no, I was traumatized by this, Rob. It completely broke me. Like yeah. I can't even watch this film anymore. They were slapping people. You could have killed her. Yeah. You yeah. could have died. Um Chappelle. So hmm. big plot point. Oh, there's no way for Carol to get this message out. She's being held against her will. She has her phone. She's making phone calls constantly. She there's she's supposed to be a famous actress. She doesn't have her own social media where she could talk about what's going on. She ain't got no friends. Like, uh, like, is she just that much of a pariah in Hollywood that, like, since that Jerusalem Rising film, nobody will take her seriously? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, she did try to call her agent at one point, she but called he her was agent? Not... she called her ex boyfriend. Right. Like, is there nobody else you have in life? So, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. There's probably a better way. Or if not, start your own TikTok. You know, mm-hmm. um, use a bunch of hashtags. I heard they don't really help on TikTok, but I'm sure there's a way you could get the word out. I just heard start airing footage. too many. It could be confusing. Mm. Yeah, I heard TikTok uh, hashtags do nothing for you. You know, it's just like it. It just helps your your um like it. it you know, it's not the game. You know, I think I think the hashtags are really like a Twitter thing. But who, what do I know? I'm old. Mm-hmm. And you know about Twitter. Yeah. I know about Twitter. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I can't tell you. Like I I know TikToks. Uh, well, TikTok hashtags might be helpful. Instagram hashtags are completely useless. Mm-hmm. Let you know. Yeah, nobody. Uh, I mean, tip. only sociopaths are looking at uh, hashtags on Instagram. 
Yeah, yeah, completely. But I think something like that could have saved her in this moment. Mm-hmm. Chappelle, we get to um, uh, Carol goes to Keegan Michael Key. We haven't seen him in a while. No, because his his storyline has like been very quiet because he's been basically just brooding in the background. He's jealous of Crystal and her um, her Twitter followers. I mean, her mm-hmm. TikTok followers. Yeah. Uh, because he wants to be able to spread his uh, gospel or lack thereof of his cult slash uh, lifestyle. But we find out here when Carol goes to him for some help, you know, just to be positive, some reaffirm, uh, reaffirming words. Um, he doesn't have any because he didn't actually write the book that he's been talking mm-hmm. about. He's a fraud. Steve Harvey's ghostwriter wrote the book. <laughs> and so, you know, he's only really read it once because he had to mm-hmm. record the audio book. And even then he was bored. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we find out that Sean is not doing much for Carol in this moment either. Okay. All right. So, we also find out um, some more bad news. Uh, Crystal Chris, mm-hmm. she snuck out to go to London, went back to yeah. the movie set, thought it was all okay. And just like a plot line that we saw play out on Hype House, Chappelle. Mm-hmm. We got to that Crystal Chris is canceled. Yeah. I mean, it's a basically a super spreader event that she went to. And we know by high power standards that if you go to those events, the TikTokers are going to get you out of here. They're going to cancel you. And so she's lost up to what, a million followers already. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. She's at like 50 million. So I think she'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this is a very hard moment for her. Um, she, like everybody at this point has hit rock bottom. Everybody's I mean, at rock bottom. Yeah, there's so much drugs and alcohol right now going on, except for Crystal and and, uh, and Carla. Everybody mm-hmm. else seems to be partaking in the festivities um, to the point where they come up with a new mantra. Say yes to drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So I think that Judd Apatow insists that his daughters are not involved in any, uh, you know, drug using on any of the shows that they're in. Even if everybody yeah, else is doing drugs. Them. Yeah. Even if everybody else is doing drugs. The Apatow daughters, they are never going to do break any laws on their on any movie. I mean, that's not a bad decision. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you if you have the power to keep them out of their roles, then why why not? But mm-hmm. they're surrounded by them and they're probably watching all the films. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're not getting influenced. You just won't ever get those incriminating photos of them from these movie sets. <laughs> right. Um, right. Yeah. But everybody's lost it at this point, Rob. I mean, to the point where they're so high that Benedict Cumberbatch is in the room. Benedict Cumberbatch is in the room, uh, played by Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, <laughs> that we get a whole big, like, dr- uh, like drug montage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're doing all the things. And, like, at this point, everybody in the room is hallucinating. They mm-hmm. start to see things. Their facial features are changing. Uh, Rob, this is where the movie lost me. I made it through a lot of the movie, but this is where I was like, okay, this is a, t- a pitch too long for me. It could have yes. been gone. Because yeah. that the montage or when uh, Mando, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Pedro Pascal, um, appears to go into cardiac arrest. Yeah, they lost me before that. Now, once he started to overdose, I was like, oh, wait, we're back. You know, mm-hmm. like, okay, this is interesting. Uh, yeah, he passes out, and this group of very intoxicated people have to try to revive him with their acting knowledge, and they don't have much of anything else, like life like knowledge to put into work here. So they're like, basically, they're just punching the hell out of him. Like, everybody's punching him in the chest, hoping that he's like, wake up, damn it. Yeah. Come back to life, well, damn it. Also don't go to the light. High out of their minds. 
Yeah, and so they're trying to save him, and it's not working. They even at one point throw him in an ice bath. Yeah, because they're like he's having a heat stroke. You made that up, but mm-hmm. okay. Um, and then finally, someone shows up. I think Anika from the front desk shows up and tries adrenaline, mm-hmm. and I think that is what ends up saving his life. Yeah, like Pulp Fiction style, he jumps up and then uh, comes back, and uh, she said, "I told you, I was your angel." Yeah, and they are in love, and they mm-hmm. have been in love for a thousand uh, a thousand lifetimes prior to this, and so I think finally he's found the person that he will be having sex with consistently. Uh, but he's found more than that, you know. Mm-hmm. He's found a real connection. Somehow we go back to making the movie, and <laughs> it turns out that the way that they need to kill off the dinosaurs is that they need to shoot them in the reproductive organs. Yeah. Because they're like they're like tentacles, so like they come, they like protrude from the dinosaurs as like their big attack. You know, like they can they have normal like attack like dinosaurs, like you can bite things and they can throw you, you know, rip you apart. But I also have like these like their junk is tentacles and very scary. And so mm-hmm. they they're the actors are going through with this scene. Because this is going to be their smokescreen for when they try to ultimately escape. They now have been galvanized by saving the life of uh, Mr. Mando. And mm-hmm. so because of that, they're um, using this as almost like the distraction so that they can get away. And so it's a very gory scene. Uh, people's bodies are being ripped up. There's a lot of fire. It's a lot, very- a lot of uh, dinosaurs uh, being uh, blasted in the phallus. Right. And this is something that you probably are going to see in most action movies, like a big fight scene or something like that, where people are being like incinerated or whatever. Um, But yeah, like I said, it's all a ruse because they're just trying to distract the people so they can get away. Mm What did you think of this plot twist of uh, that to kill off the dinosaurs? uh, They had to uh, that uh, hit them in the in the lily. They had to find the soft underbelly, if you will. Mm-hmm. And it just happened to be the Luli, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I, I really don't want the Luli to be a thing, Rob. And we, we, we got to get rid of that. But, Do you think, is this going to be a plot spoiler for uh, the next Jurassic Park movie? Oh, they should go straight to the Luli. Mm-hmm. That, like, is it Luli? Does they- it have to be the Luli? I don't know. Well, they're saying that, that Fred Armisen says that, no, you see, they're trying to kill the dinosaurs. Uh, you have to get them in the reproductive organs so that they cannot create any more dinosaurs. But if you just kill them, they also cannot create other dinosaurs unless dinosaurs can reproduce. Well, that's a very after. sensitive spot. They're very vulnerable yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure there are other places you can kill them from, but that is a vulnerable spot. Like the Luli sounds like a place where I wouldn't want to be attacked. So yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I assume the dinosaurs feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So. And then all hell starts breaking loose after this. Yeah. So Dustin starts to filibuster. He starts to talk about rewrites again. He starts complaining about how absurd this scene is. And while he's doing that, each member of the cast is escaping. They are taking off running in different directions. But by the time the people notice that the cast is missing, um, Mr. Best, the security guy is on the case. So, mm-hmm. Uh, everybody is getting tracked down by the members of the set. I mean, the members of the uh, like crew um, who are trying to keep them from leaving. Um, even uh, Crystal. So Crystal is running away with her alliance, Carla, who turns on her. She punches her in the face. And yeah, yeah. she and was this a mole. Is when, 
she was the mole. She was hired to keep a track of Crystal because Crystal has the TikTokers. And so when Crystal tries to reach out to all of her adoring fans and tell them what's going on, Carla has to step in. And they, the two of them end up like having a, a, a pretty decent fight scene, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. what This was like a big fight scene here. Uh, then we have like a lame fight scene with Gavin and Fred Armisen. I'm sorry, with, yeah, uh, they- with, with uh, David Duchovny and Fred Armisen. Yeah, they can only do choreography fighting from the movie set. So mm-hmm. they only know how to fight as if they were fighting on the film, like the set yeah. of a movie. But there's enough of a diversion where everybody starts to run away to the helicopter and Keegan-Michael Key, uh, that he learned how to fly the helicopter straight up for that was in his contract for the movie. Right. So, yeah, like uh, once they have all escaped, the person that is keeping them from escaping, I think James McAvoy showed up at some point as well um, to to stop Carol. Yeah, that's right. Um, That's right. Yeah. But once once they all escape, they manage to make it to the helicopter as a family, um, a family of heroes, if you will. And Keegan-Michael Key can go up, but he cannot go forward or backwards because he never learned that, you Mm -hmm. know. And so now they have to come together as a family and motivate him to actually drive Fly, fly mm, the fly, helicopter fly. as opposed to just hover above yeah. the people who want them to come back down. And they show him a YouTube video on how to fly a helicopter when he's in the helicopter. Well, well they have to teach Crystal what YouTube is first because mm. she's she's such she's so young that she's like YouTube is that still a thing? And so mm. you know if you want to learn how to do something, look no further than YouTube. Honestly, you probably find better information on TikTok. But yeah, once they figure it out, they all as a family kind of push the lever forward, and the helicopter begins to fly off and. Now they've escaped. They escape. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to two years later and they turned the guy who was doing behind the scenes into a documentary. And it's a like almost like a like Firefest of almost, uh, almost like genius. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, the making of the movie became the next big hit movie. Right. Beasts of the Bubble, Beasts which the is bubble. the documentary of the making of. Cliff B6. Now, I don't know if we ever get Cliff B6. Like, I'm sure it never becomes so. a real I mean, film. Finish it. Yeah, I mean, they had enough footage, they said, to kind of piece some things together. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure this never sees the light of day. Right. Uh, Car- Carol is looked at as the villain in the documentary. Um, Lauren Why? has her head back. Why is she the villain? She, well, she was. She pissed everybody off. Mm-hmm. Remember, she was trying to like get everybody to escape, and you know. So, from their point of view, mm-hmm. she's the villain. I guess so. But this is this is better publicity than J- Jerusalem Rising. Uh, uh, Leslie Mann character is finally back. Lauren has a freaky hand. She's wearing the hand yeah, that uh, Ron John created. Yes. Yeah, the sex hand. It's a good callback. Yeah. Yeah, and um, Sean, um, Keegan-Michael Key's character, has gone to rehab for 48 hours mm-hmm. to deal with his cocaine addiction, even though I'm not sure he was an addict. I think he just wanted to go to rehab. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did cocaine once. Chappelle, talking about the movie, um, I enjoyed it more talking to you about it. You didn't You didn't hate it? I did not hate it, um, but uh, it was fun at least to talk to, <laughs> through with you. Because it was some wild I, things. Yeah, if I maybe if I was watching the movie with you, maybe I would have enjoyed myself. Um, but by myself, like what 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 are we doing? Yeah, what is going on um, here? And I don't understand the point of the movie. You know what I'm saying? Like I know you said there was a message, and I get it, I get it. But at the same time, it's like I don't think we needed this, but it was fun to talk to you about it. I mean, I forgot about some of the moments that we that we talked mm-hmm. about. So that was that was good. And like I said, it was funny. 
it was like again funnier in moments than don't look up was and i think that was supposed to be funny in its own way mm-hmm. uh, but you know at this point because of the work don't look up has done this could be oscar nominated one day so you never know let's not scoff could at you it imagine could you imagine yes i watched don't look up yes i can mm-hmm. <laughs> i can definitely imagine mm-hmm. yeah i think so, this th- film is missing a, a, an important message Oh, I thought you were gonna say it's missing a uh, important person like t- Leo. Timmy. The well, I mean, if Leo was in it, maybe. <laughs> so, um, Car- uh, Carla's mom, or was it uh, Carol's mom, said, "Oh, Timmy, Timmy, the oil fan, yeah. is he there?" I thought that was very funny. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. that's it, Rob. What, I'm trying to see what the budget was on this. Uh, I don't know if it was released. Uh, can you imagine millions and millions of dollars were spent on this? The problem is, I don't think millions of dollars are spent on the production. It was more millions of dollars are spent on just paying those people to do it. Like, imagine right. what they would have done with one or two less big names. Like, if you get rid of, I'm sure Leslie Mann did it for free. Make no mistake. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm sure she just like kind of showed up. That's why she was only there for half the time. But these other people are going to want their paychecks. You know, Amy Pond is in this movie, you know? So I'm like, pay her, pay her mm-hmm. what she's owed. But at this point, maybe they should pay us mm-hmm. because it, we suffered through this. We, we got suffered. through it. Yeah, but it was a good time talking about it. Chappelle, anything else about the bubble? No, nah, I think we should. Okay, <laughs> that's, were a wrap, that's a wrap for the bubble boys. Um, all right. Next next time mm-hmm. on Nothing But Netflix. Okay? Yeah. Should we look ahead? Let's, let's look ahead. I love this part. I love this okay. part. This is fun. Underrated part of the podcast. Uh, just looking at the top 10, just checking in. Bridgerton still number one. Is it cake? Still sitting there, number two. They're definitely gonna do. Is it? Is it cake? Um, two. That's that's coming. Season two. Is it still cake? Yeah. yeah. As a project, still, still somehow cake? in the top ten at number nine. Yes, and then Coco Melon yeah. rounding out the top ten per use. What's this? Uh, trust no one. The hunt for the crypto king. Hmm. Is this a movie? Is this true Suspenseful. crime? It looks, like- it looks like it's true crime. British documentary films, true crime documentaries. When the young founder of a collapsing cryptocurrency exchange dies unexpectedly, irate investors uh, suspect there's more to his death than meets the eye. Yeah. That sound nefarious, Rob. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel the yeah. same way about British documentaries that you do about British rap? No, 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 no. I, uh, I, I will keep my comment about British rap to myself. I know it infuriates some people. Puya. Um, but, you know, I'm sure British documentaries are fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, anything else that you're uh, looking at that uh, might be exciting? Well, I'm looking at the new and popular list as usual. I'm trying to see what's up and coming, what's worth the wait, what's mm-hmm. new on Netflix. Um, there's a show called Ultimatum, which is coming April 6th, which will be next week. It says, oh, it's yes, starring well, Nick Lachey. The, yeah, that's the sequel to uh, Love is Blind. That, uh, you know, Asia oh. and Mary are on that beat. I was going to say, oh, so they're going to be covering Ultimatum. They definitely should. Yes. If uh, not, I mean, I, they I, can come I, visit. I hope, to, I, I, like, I hope they have uh, asked me to be a guest. I'd love to talk about the Ultimatum. Oh, oh yeah? You're into it? Yeah, Chappelle. It's like um, the, the couples that are in an, a like uh, long-term relationship, one of them wants to get married, and the other person is like, eh, and they're like, that's it. Ultimatum. No. And they switch partners. You're like, okay, here's your, that. Ooh. Yeah. You get, that sounds more you interesting get, than love is blind. Yeah, I know you get switched with like, okay, here's a new, uh, you know, here's a new fiance for you. 
Okay. All right. Put a pin in that. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, they, maybe we do a crossover. Who knows? Um, the Blind Side is new on Netflix, Rob. <laughs> the, the Sandra Bullock movie? Yeah, for some reason, it, it's made its way to Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm just going to like skip right over that one, too. Uh, Young, Famous, and African is on Netflix, mm-hmm. uh, which is like a African socialite uh, show. Mm-hmm. I've watched the first couple episodes. It was Typical of what you would think of a, like a socialite show, but in Africa. Yes. Um, it's like yeah, a Real Housewives it, type show. Yeah, but in Africa. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I probably could find us a good guest for that if we decided to do it. Mm-hmm. Let's see what else. Um, Human Resources is new on Netflix, which will be covered on Postal Recaps. Yes. Uh, there's new episodes of Heartland, The Last Kingdom. There's a lot of stuff on here, but I don't know if anything just jumps out. Maybe we go into like the the nothing but netflix like uh deep cuts and like see like something old from nothing but netflix that we just haven't talked about all right so why don't we do, leave it open-ended let's mm-hmm. see if anything gets some buzz maybe gets high okay. and then we'll come back and then we'll talk about uh what we're gonna uh do for next week all right sounds good so if you're listening to this of course follow at nothing but rhap on twitter and send us your suggestions and if you're on the nothing but rhap mm-hmm. or nothing but netflix discord send yeah. us suggestions there we'd love to hear it and we'd love to try to decide what we should do it doesn't necessarily have to be new but if it's hot and it's popular or you think we'd be having a good time talking about it then let us know um, because that's the point of the show and so we are still open to whatever you all think you want us to talk about okay Chappelle, I, I saw some Netflix slander this week. I saw an article that was floating around uh, that it looked like, uh, like MSNBC was uh, trying to say, is Netflix the blockbuster video of this decade? Ooh, uh, I don't know. I, that, they that were trying is, to say uh, basically that Netflix is over. It, I think this it's is the beginning of the end it. for Netflix. Yeah, I don't I don't know because there's so many other streaming platforms now and Netflix keeps raising their prices. Mm-hmm. So it's going to leave people to go into other directions. I think they're going to really have to rely on these Netflix specific shows and originals to keep them going because yeah, if I can go get this stuff on Hulu for cheaper, then I might, you know, but uh, I think Netflix does a really good job of saying like no, you can only get this here. And as long as they're doing that, that'll keep them relevant, but I just don't know how much longer they'll be able to compete with some of the other stuff. Also, we know they've had a lot of controversy behind like um, some of the comedians that they've had yeah. and some of the uh, like the um, like uh, like off color jokes and stuff that have been told and some of the like support for transphobia in different ways. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I can see a world where Netflix is isolating a big portion of their their consumer base and still not providing a ton of new and entertaining content. Um, a lot of new content but as, uh, do the people really want it? And do they want to pay Netflix prices for it? So I, uh, I don't know. I don't know about Netflix. It, it sounds like uh, these people might have a point, but we're having a good time here. You mm-hmm. know, maybe yeah. Netflix should pay us to promote Netflix. Maybe. I mean, we might be the people that are needed to save Netflix. Uh, I thought that Netflix is sort of like, um, it's Walmart. Uh, it's, they, they have everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, where some of these other streaming sites, like they might have what you want. Um, but, mm. but you just go to get that one thing where Netflix basically is, you can get everything there. Right. Right. And then, like I said, when every time Netflix has a really big 
uh, show, everybody's going to come flocking back, right? So Stranger Things will be back soon, I'm sure. Um, you on Netflix will come back eventually. So mm-hmm. there are shows that are Netflix properties that you can't get anywhere yeah. else, and that's going to yeah. be the thing that keeps Netflix in business. Yeah. Easy until, to overlook yeah. uh, Bridgerton being huge right now. Right, and Bridgerton is the number one show mm-hmm. in the country, in the world, probably right now. If I, to be honest, it's on, it's number one on Netflix. But I mean, everyone's talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Never have I ever will be back soon. So they have a little show called the Is It Cake? Is it cake? You know the uh, the phenomenon that it is. And so, yeah, look, look, Don't Look Up was nominated for an Oscar, and this very movie could be as well. Mm-hmm. So Netflix has things. It has it has stuff, yeah. you know. So I wouldn't write it off just yet. Okay, Chappelle, what's going on for you? I'm hanging out with you, and then also podcasting on post show recaps about The Walking Dead. Fear the Walking Dead is coming back, so that's going to be a good mm-hmm. time. Uh, I'm also talking about Bel Air. This week is the finale of Bel Air yes. on Peacock. So Puya and I are wrapping that up with trying trying to do big things for the finale, and then also I'm talking about Atlanta with Mari Fourth and Latarian Starks over on post show recaps as well. So um, I'm hanging out on PSR until further notice. Okay. All right, and Chappelle and I and Jenny Autumn are going to be talking about a little show called Celebrity Autopsy. I'm sorry, no, it's not Celebrity Autopsy. <laughs> celebrity Exorcism. Exorcism. I, mean, yes. yeah, I mean, what about Meta World Peace doing a Celebrity Autopsy? I'm sure he could do it. He probably quit halfway through, but, you know, he'd give mm-hmm. it a shot. Yeah. Um, yeah, on to be or not to be the new hit podcast with Rob Chappelle well, and Jenny Autumn. I mean, if Netflix goes under, we always have that. We always have to be. Mm-hmm. We always have to be. It may yeah. be quibby. What do you think? Maybe do you quibby. like to be or not to be or to be continued? To be continued is a good one, Rob. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm just saying if Netflix if Netflix failed, we just shift. We bring in Jenny. That's we make we it a throuple. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So be on the lookout for that. That's part of the fun around the Beyond the Edge podcast for all the edgers out there that we are bringing you uh, some extra content because we got 100 reviews over on Apple Podcasts. Let's make nothing but Netflix the next podcast with 100 reviews over at robswebsitecom slash Netflix feed. Click on the Apple Podcast link uh, to go there. Chappelle had a lot of fun talking about the bubble with you. Me too. Looking forward to hearing uh, what you all thought over on Twitter. I'm at Rob Sestrino, of course, uh, at Chappelle's underscore show. That's me. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.